Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. We want to take some time today to help bring a greater understanding of the Great Tribulation, a relatively short period of time, but an extremely intense one. Uh, We find one of the most comprehensive teachings from Jesus himself in our Matthew 24 study. So let's learn about the, let's today focus on the conclusion of the Great Tribulation and, and what will be necessary to know before and during this conclusive event. If we would outline the verses up for discussion in our study today in Matthew, uh, we'd, we'd see there's widespread deception in the nations, events that take place in and after the Great Tribulation, major cosmic, seismic, and ecological disturbances, deployment of angels, the gathering of the elect from heaven and earth. So let's, let's begin in verse 23 of Matthew. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. So if they say to you, if those false prophets say to you, look, he's in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Jesus makes it clear. Listen, Jesus makes it very clear. Deception will run like a pandemic in those days. He even makes it clear that it's even possible for some of the elect to be deceived. Jesus continues, For as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. The very deception Jesus warns about, the Apostle Paul would also warn in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9. The coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. Listen, delusion and deception will run rampant in those days. There's, There's deception in these days. A number of camps in the church today have favored and embraced false views of the end and the return of the Lord, positions not supported, of course, by scriptures. Believers who are sincere and love the Lord as much as we do. I believe the emerging trends and events are going to bring the body to a strength and spiritual character necessary to navigate the days with the revelation in the Word of God like like never before. Let's go back to Matthew, verse 29, Matthew 24. Jesus says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Let me say that again. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. Joel 2 says it this way, The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, after the tribulation. Again, a chronological sequence. Uh, 
This is really important that we get this straight and understand this sequence that takes place. So here's what the Bible says are the order of events. We have the Great Tribulation, then immediately after that three and a half years, immediately we have the cosmic events of the sun, moon, and stars. I believe Jesus was clearly describing nuclear events, followed immediately by the return of Christ. Listen to these scriptures. Listen to these scriptures carefully and see what you think. Matthew 24, verse 6, Therefore, a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are scorched, and few men are left. How about verse 19 of Isaiah 24? The earth is utterly broken. The earth is split apart. The earth is violently shaken. Isaiah 29, verse 6. You'll be visited by the Lord of hosts with thunder and with earthquake and with great noise, with whirlwind and tempest and the flame of a devouring fire. Verse 13 of Isaiah 13. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken out of its place at the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. Ezekiel 38.22 With pestilence and bloodshed, I will enter into judgment with him, and I, I will reign upon him. That's the Antichrist. I'm going to reign upon him and his hordes and the many peoples who are with him. Listen to what he's going to do. Torrential rains and hailstones, fire and sulfur. And Zechariah chapter 14, verse 12, couldn't be clearer. And, and this shall be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the peoples that wage war against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they're standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. Listen, it can't, it, it can't get any more graphic than that. A prophet over 2,000 years ago is describing a conflagration that could only be nuclear. Bows, arrows, spears will not suddenly cause eyes and tongues to disintegrate. But listen to Jesus in Matthew 24, verse 22. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. There are many more verses regarding these events and the cataclysmic events that will take place in that time, especially in the Old Testament that strongly indicate a conflagration. The word after the tribulation of those days is translated the word meta in the Greek, which, which really also means afterward. It's going to happen after these events. So Matthew's account emphasizing strong language immediately after the tribulation. This also represents an extremely clear timing indicator. Jesus says immediately after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will go dark, and the stars will fall. The prophet Joel says the same thing in another way. The sun will go dark, the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord. The scripture is consistent of the fact that cosmic and seismic disturbances occur after the tribulation, but before, before the immediate second coming, rapture and return. Yes, 
then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. A coming, a parousia in the Greek, a coming of a human being or the Messiah. The presence of royalty greeted by the people. The second appearance, epiphany, yeah, an epiphany of the Lord occurs at the sounding of the last trumpet. The second coming involves more than just the appearing of the Lord, but also a series of activities in a sequence. The resurrection of the dead, translation of the living believers, human beings who know and love Jesus Christ, the Son of God, a glorification in the in the laws of physics being translated into a different state or dimension, like Christ Jesus was when he exited the grave on the third day. And the catching up of the church, final defeat of the Antichrist and false prophet, Jesus will consume with the breath of his mouth at his coming. Judgment of the nations, the literal descending of Jesus Christ to the earth with his angels and saints, leading to his final triumph and entry into Jerusalem. Now, let me stress, this is a visible event. This is not a secret appearing, a a partial appearing, or anything of the like. These are events that will happen in time and space. As lightning flashes from the east to the west, this is a global event the world will see. And I might add, this is not an imminent appearing This isn't going to happen the day after tomorrow. As we've shown before on a number of occasions, the Apostle Paul clearly states in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first, the falling away, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the Antichrist, the son of destruction. And as we saw a moment ago, Jesus, just like Paul, also warns of deception. Then, if anyone says to you, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. As Reggie Kelly calls it, don't react to the false alarms of prophetic speculation. We might call the recent events at the U.S. Capitol or, or elements of rage among the nations in the world harbingers to the biblical prophecies, but not necessarily phenomenon of the final seven years. There will be plenty of deception in those days, just as we've seen in recent decades. There have been numerous men over the years who've been so certain in their own minds through calculations, assumptions, and theories of the return, of the time of the return, guesswork that has caused many sincere believers to sell houses and belongings only to experience a a false alarm, leaving them bewildered and devastated. God has his set times, and he doesn't want the church responding to these deceptions now or in the future. And if the church learns from Jesus himself to go to Daniel first and recognize the clear events that must precede the second coming, our minds and hearts will be well prepared for this great transition. And again, in Matthew 24, Jesus uh, gives us a clear timing indicator in verse 31. And he, Jesus, will, will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. It's the last, the great 
the seventh trumpet, one in the same trumpet. And those angels will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. This is the rapture. This is the catching up of the saints, the church, and the Old Testament righteous. The Abrahams, David's, Isaiah's, Daniel's, these righteous Old Testament saints are not going to be left in their graves for another seven years while the church is rushed off to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's not going to happen. The rapture describes what happens on the earth. The second coming refers to the saints, the body of Christ, and what's going on in heaven. Jesus comes with the saints. He comes with the dignitaries. Uh, There's a massive meet and greet on the earth, and the Son of God is escorted to the temple of God, where he will rule and reign on the earth for a thousand years. Hallelujah. Complex? Yeah. It's complex, seemingly outside our categories, certainly. It's outside of mine in many respects, but you can't make this stuff up. Many have have tried to rearrange the events, make it fit their program so as to soften the blow, so to speak. It's in the Word of God, and I suggest the closer we come to the great day, that, that great day of the Lord, The prophecies of the ages will make perfect sense to the elect. Listen to Matthew 24 and elsewhere. Challenge the validity of the pre-tribulation rapture. None of the disciples of Jesus, hearing his explanation to their question, when will these things take place and what will be the sign of your coming? None of them would have walked away from that discourse with a, yes, but, yes, but, you're, you're actually coming Uh, You're going to come seven years earlier for the church, right? No, absolutely no. Jesus never said or implied such a thing. So why should we? The pre-tribulation rapture of the saints within premillennialism is probably the most popular end-time view among believers in our time. Although it seems to be fading among scholars and, and some church pastors who are seeing the scriptures do not just don't end end up or add up to such an early departure, a theory that's less than 200 years old. My beloved brothers and sisters, holding fast to such a non-biblical scenario will eventually leave you fearful, disappointed, and disillusioned, but most of all, totally unprepared for the events that will take place during that critical time. So with all we've just said, all of it, it leaves us, it just leaves us with the question, what about the church? You trying to kill us? Why would a merciful God insist his glorious church remain on the earth during this most intense time in history? Well, Jesus directs us first to Daniel. His vision of the refining, whitening, and purification of the saints in the tribulation. God fully expects There's to be a demonstration coming from the church, a body of believers without spot or wrinkle, that will be unlike any in the past, a demonstration of the wisdom of God 
the manifold wisdom of God to be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The church of Jesus Christ on the earth, not loving their lives unto death, demonstrating to the powers, principalities, rulers, thrones, and dominions the long-held mysteries, the long-held mysteries of the Spirit that will ultimately leave those said powers of the air without recourse or any possible course of action at the visible and earthly return of Jesus. If God will have an all-saved Jewish nation, miraculously born and cleansed in, in one day, as the scripture shows, then God will perfect the church into a translation, not only because the time has come, but because the church has been brought to something absolutely and unprecedented, the final emptying of the works of the flesh, hearts and minds free of the accusations of unworthiness coming from the evil one. The church, in a process of revelation and experience of divine power and its greatest affliction, is brought to its promised perfection. Listen to Daniel 11.32. The people who know their God shall stand firm and do great exploits, and the wise among the people shall make many understand. The church on the earth will be the voice and the demonstration of the coming day and hour. Just as Jesus prayed for us in John 17.23. Remember that scripture? I and them, you and me, that they, the church, may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you've loved me. Or Ephesians 4.13, until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And here's the true sense of, of being an overcoming church. Revelation 12.11, and they... The church overcame him, overcame Satan. In that time, in that tribulation, in that time of crisis, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Or Revelation 19.7, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage. The marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife, that's the church, his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. All of this means the, the end of the age is not only waiting on the completion of his purpose to bring Israel back to him, uh, not only his intention to fully reveal the mystery of iniquity, but his intention to perfect his corporate servant, the church, the body of Christ, in a final demonstration before the principalities and the powers of the air. As Jesus saw his approaching hour, those of understanding, that's the church, will see their approaching hour, the tribulation. As the door to the last seven years is shut firmly behind us, many more of the awakening body of Christ will begin to dig deeply, hiding themselves in the love of Jesus. This will prepare the church not only for her final purification and perfection at Jesus' return, but her ultimate testimony to the nations, and more than at any other time, 
move Israel to jealousy. Hallelujah. It's a great day and it's a terrible day, but it's God's day. He knows exactly what he's doing and he knows when he's going to do it. Brothers and sisters, let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we embrace what you're doing in the bride in these days. We're excited about it. We're excited about your coming. We know by the Spirit you'll prepare us. You'll prepare us with the, uh, we'll need strategies revealed in, yes, revealed in small and large assemblies of corporate intercession given to travail in the days ahead calling on you for insight, wisdom, and understanding, announcing to the powers of the air your manifold wisdom for what's occurring in the, yeah, even today, Father, the political, social, economic, spiritual climate on the earth. The greatest days, Father, we believe that the greatest days for the church are yet ahead. Even so, Father, come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. I'm Bill Nordstrom. God bless you.